And welcome to Monday in the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here saying hello, hello, hello. Hope you had a great weekend. I did, despite the fact that I did not play golf this weekend. And it wasn't because of the weather. It was because we were out trying to save the Republic. Yes, Scott Pressler, the great Scott Pressler, was in Philadelphia leading some training on how we can get more Republicans registered for 2024. And I know what you're saying. Philadelphia has Republicans? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. In fact, Scott has a brand new app that if you're interested in getting involved in in helping get more Republicans to vote this year, you should have this app and you need to download it. It's on uh, both the Google store and the iPhone app store. It is called... It's very simple. Early vote action. Just download it, open it up, sign up. You'll be able to find registered Republicans in your area and information on how you can approach them and say, hey, are you registered? Are you voting? Because if we get more Republicans voting, guess what? We have a really good chance to take back the White House, take back the Senate, and maybe, just maybe, keep control of the House, which is looking like it's an iffy proposition at this time. Especially with the uh, removal of George Santos last week. The end of the week, of course, George Santos got voted out. Never mind that he didn't have due process. He's not been convicted of anything. And all of the other weasels in Congress who've been doing awful stuff, insider trading, suspicious activity with foreigners. Yeah, they're all still there, but they throw out this guy. With the help of Republicans, we will see what's going on. George Santos has said he plans on unleashing the Kraken of his own to go after the Republicans who helped get rid of him. He's also going to have an HBO movie, which, you know, I guess he's got to make a living, so he's selling his story. I wonder if it's going to be considered a documentary or uh, fictional. Maybe a musical. If you watched Saturday Night Live this weekend, which I know not anybody does, but the, the clips are out there. They open the show with a very lengthy cold open about the George Santos expulsion. And I, I think they, they could have made it even funnier if it was shorter. If they just would have gone to the piano and the song. He did a version of Candle in the Wind about himself. It was very funny, I thought. Speaking of uh, entertainment and comedy, our friends at DailyWire.com, DailyWire.com, released Lady Ballers, a nearly two-hour movie that mocks the transgender business. And um, I, I watched it. I'm a Daily Wire subscriber, so I was able to watch it starting Friday. And I will tell you this, I enjoyed it. It could have been twice as funnier if it was half as long and, and maybe even just a, a one third shorter. But it's very well done. And there's a lot of good cameos. And Jeremy Baring does a great job as the lead character. But it's it's well done. And some very interesting cameos in there. Ted Cruz, Clay Travis, Riley Gaines, a whole bunch of uh, very, uh, very interesting performances. In this Lady Ballers, it's tied in again with DailyWire.com. So if you're so inclined, maybe you'll become a supporter of that outlet and you'll be able to see it. All right. 
It is December 4th. We are 337 days away from the election. It's going to be here before you know it. A lot of you have been saying, hey, Mike, we listened, but we missed this day in history. So here it is. December 4th, 1776, George Washington arrives at the banks of the Delaware River, sets up camp for the momentous crossing of the Delaware. Just a few days later, we'll cover that when it comes up. 1818. Illinois becomes the 21st state. That's my old home state. So, well, it'll always be the place where I was born. Unfortunately, it's gone very Democratic. And Chicago, the city where I was born, has become a mess. We'll get into that because there is huge news about Democrats in Chicago threatening basically a revolution and voting for Republicans. On December 4th in 1947, a streetcar named Desire opened on Broadway with Marlon Brando and Jessica Tandy. Wouldn't that have been fantastic to have seen? 1967, Dr. Christian Barnard, a pioneer in the uh, heart transplant world, successfully put a human heart into a, a patient who needed it very badly. The guy didn't live that long, but the, the transplant was a success. And they learned how to use anti-rejection drugs to allow a heart from one person to be moved to the body of another, replace a, a dying heart with a donor heart. That first recipient only lived 18 days, but it did make history, and it also paved the way for many, many other successful heart transplants. In 1979, 11 people sadly died at a WHO concert. Just outside of Cincinnati, they, they had general admission, and people have been waiting for hours. And when they opened the doors, people just stampeded. And sadly, 11 people were killed. It was awful. In, uh, in 1992, 31 years ago, not that long ago, actually, but yet 31 years ago, there are a whole lot of people uh, who are going to be voting in the next election in 337 days who weren't around then. 1992, the first text message, the, they called them SMS messages, the first text message was sent from a computer to a phone. And the first text message read, anybody, raise your hand, Merry Christmas. I guess that's like trying to say, what was the first telephone voice heard? What was said? The first phone communication, Alexander Graham Bell reportedly saying, Mr. Watson, come here, I need you. He had apparently spilled acid on himself while they were working on the telephone, and Watson's in the other room, heard it through the phone, and went in to uh, save the day. That's a little bit of text message history and a little bit of telephone history, in case you wondered. Okay, over the weekend, things are heating up again in the Middle East after Hamas broke the truce. Hamas broke the truce. Let's Let's lay it out, because CNN's not telling you the real story. CNN's trying to say, well, the ceasefire fell apart and Israel's attacking again. The ceasefire fell apart because Hamas sent some terrorists into Israel and killed people. Game over. Plus, they've been lobbing some rockets into Israel as well. So Israel's back on the ground in southern Gaza and in northern Israel, facing off against the Houthis and Hezbollah. And speaking of the Houthis, 
Speaking of the Houthis, the United States Central Command is saying that we attacked the Houthis because they attacked U.S. ships, both military and commercial ships, in the Red Sea. We shot down drones, and then we sent some drones in, some Predator drones in, to kill some of Iranian-sponsored terrorists in Iran, part of Houthis. I'm sure they were, they were being trained. Or The other side of this, which I think is really important to realize, that the Houthis used to be on the, the bad people list. They were on the terror list, and thus they might not have been able to get the money and weapons they need. But when Joe Biden came into office, he changed all that. Today, the Biden administration officially lifted the designation of the Iranian-backed Houthis in Yemen as a global terrorist organization. So Joe Biden, weeks after he came into office, lifted that designation. Why? Well, now we're seeing what it did. Now the, the dividends are being paid to the Houthis. Good job, Joey. I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump wanted to label the Houthis terrorists to cut off their funding. Month, the Trump administration labeled the Houthis a global terrorist organization to try and cut off their funding and weapons in part supplied by Iran. Yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. And now here we are after Joe took off the restrictions, the Houthis are just doing whatever, whatever Iran wants them to do against the U.S., against Israel, and God knows who else. Not just in the region, but around the world. So good job on that, Joe. Really good job. And as Joe Biden is luxuriating on his weekends, China is claiming a U.S. warship violated that nation's sovereignty in the, the area of the South China Sea. So you've got the mess in the Middle East, U.S. Uh, troops, and now I, I guess we could say U.S. commerce coming under attack by Iranian-backed rebels, Iranian-backed terrorists. You've got China telling us we're violating their sovereignty. You have Ukraine demanding more money. Is anyone feeling comfortable with what this guy is doing? Because I certainly am not. No, he's busy. He, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, is busy at the White House having the Kennedy Center honors medals handed out. Yeah, he was there celebrating Queen Latifah. And by the way, with other movies and movies, she's earned a Golden Globe and a primetime enemy. Huh? Enemy. <laughs> That's me. There's a little bit of nervous laughter there as Joe gaffs and says she won a primetime enemy. That was weird, right? Enemy. <laughs> That's me. Yes. Yes, it is. You are the enemy, sir. The enemy is in the house. It's amazing. That's what Joe Biden's doing. And meanwhile, halfway around the world in Dubai, they're having the climate summit, right? And Joe didn't go because he's a little tired. I guess tired from the 40% of his time spent on vacation. He just got back, after all, from the Thanksgiving vacation at the wealthy donor's estate in Nantucket. So he couldn't go. He sent Kamala. And she pledged to spend uh, $3 billion of your money and my money for climate reparations. 
And then there was John Kerry, the unelected climate czar, the guy who's going to fix everything in in the weather and on the planet by controlling your life and my life. And uh, I swear he farted during a presentation. I'm I'm not kidding. Listen to this. Maybe it's me, but... I think there was an audible passing of gas. Um, you know, the measure here is is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And- Wait, did you hear it? Did you hear that right there? He's saying he's sounding the alarm bell. And I think he sounded the alarm bell. Let's look closely again to that, that last little part. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Oh, that was almost a silent but deadly, talking about killing people on a daily basis. I think John Kerry may have farted during his presentation at COP28. Once more, please. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. There it is. It's, it's irrefutable. We have audio evidence right there. Well done. Well done, climate czar. How embarrassing. And then at the same event, you had the president of the climate event, who happens to be a, I think he's a part of the uh, Emirates, the Emirates group there in Dubai, saying there's no scientific proof that what these guys are selling, the complete removal of coal and fossil fuels, will fix the planet. And of course, the left is losing its mind over that. Because that's the truth. That's really what's going on. All right, let's get back home because I I mentioned my home state of Illinois where I was born in the city of Chicago. I think Chicago is about primed for a political revolution. And last week I played some of the comments from the mayor, Brandon Johnson, which does seem to be trying to do a, a racial divide in the city. But Johnson's doing that himself, as many black Chicagoans are standing up angry that immigrants have been put on priority lists ahead of them. And this one particular moment from an event that happened, I think it was last Friday, where a bunch of people from one neighborhood stood up and drew the, drew the media's attention, talking about how they're done specifically with Democrats. Of Chicago and any Republican candidate in the city of Chicago, now is your time because we are done with the Democratic Party. We are done with the Democratic Party. Well, well, why why are you done with the Democratic Party? She she put them on notice. And so we're standing here today to say, okay, if that's what it is, we win it. We don't have to support the Democratic Party. Right, right. We don't have to continue to support people who are not going to support us. And the Democratic Party here in this city, in this state, and in this country is not supporting us. That is the feeling of many residents of blue-run cities, sanctuary cities that have been overrun because Joe Biden opened our borders and there are millions of people here illegally. And because these Democrat-run blue cities are sanctuary cities, they're just giving away the farm. And the citizens are finally fed up with it. This woman is not playing. She's, she's telling the truth here. It doesn't matter anymore. 
more which party we go with. But I'll tell you this, I'd rather deal with the snake that's outfitting that's himself of the Republican Party than the snake that's covered up in the Democratic Party. That's right. We're not going to continue to stand for this. That's We're right. not going to continue that's to right. allow that's our right. state representatives, our congressmen, our aldermen, and our mayor yes. to let us know yes. that we don't matter. Yes. Just like you're going to show us that we're going to matter, we're going to show you. All it's right. going to be a great day in the city of Chicago when a Democratic convention comes here That's and then they found out in March that a lot of black voters took Republican ballots. There's one of the warnings. Remember, the convention is coming to Chicago. This summer, the DNC will be in Chicago. And then either the week before or the week after, the RNC will be in Milwaukee. The Midwest is getting a lot of attention this year. But that woman was not the only one at that event who stood up and had some warnings for the Democrats in Chicago, the Democrats in Illinois, the Democrats in the nation. We're not African-American. We're not people of color. We're not black and brown, minority, BIPOC, none of that. People, no, none of that. Strict, this is about our people demanding the resources just as you've given these people. These newcomers who are walking into this country. So this guy understands. The people of Chicago understand. I, I bet the people of New York and Philadelphia and Los Angeles and every major blue city that is now bulging with people who walked into this country, as this guy said, who are getting preferential treatment from the people who've been there, living there, paying taxes there, etc. This guy issued a warning to Democrats. How do you take a new group of people that have paid no taxes, can't vote, and you put them in front of the voters? I'm not gonna pay them no taxes. And so we say this to you, Mayor, Governor, President, if you think that they're that powerful that you have to acquiesce and answer to them over us, then you tell them to vote for you in the next elections. You tell them to support your Democratic National Convention. And we're going to show you how, how we feel about the Democratic National Convention. Turn it up. Thank you. If you think you're going to have a peaceful Democratic National Convention in the city of Chicago while our people are right. stay tuned. Right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, Democrats. There is a Chicagoan. A Chicago Democrat who is warning his party, if you think you're going to have a peaceful convention. Hmm. Very interesting. The same guy laid it out. Why is this happening? It's because of the borders. That's what it's about. It's because of the borders and how it's affecting them economically and quality of life wise. And we ask any of those who are about closing borders. We don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever. As long as you're about closing these borders, we can support you. That's right. And anybody who is about open borders, we're against you. We're against you. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. There it is. You're, you're about opening the borders, we're going to be against you. You're about closing the borders, we're going to be with you. Democrats don't understand that right now. Maybe they'll get that if they're paying attention. Right now, they don't seem to be worried about it. If I were a Democrat, Democrat consultant, I would definitely be worried about that. Definitely. But no, they're, they're busy handing out 
medals for the Kennedy Center Award winners, where Joe's calling Queen Latifah's Emmy an enemy, and John Kerry's halfway around the world farting. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. There it is, right there. And then there's Bidenomics. We now have uh, pretty good records that the Biden administration appears to have given up on the term Bidenomics. Remember, Joe jumped on it immediately. It was early in the, in the summer when the White House came out and was all excited because the media started using the term Bidenomics and the Biden administration decided, hey, let's, let's grab that. Let's own that. The White House came out at a press briefing and wanted us to know that it was the word of the day, maybe even the word of the year. Bidenomics, which is the word of the day, word of the week, word of the month, word of the year here at the White House. Yeah, that was in June. Well, it hasn't been used in over a month now. I think we have a few of the last times in October when Joe Biden actually used Bidenomics and tried to put a positive spin on it. Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. Bidenomics is just another way of saying restore the American dream. Bidenomics is just another way of saying restore the American dream. No, 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 you're not going to be able to do that with mortgage rates in the clouds and home prices high too. It's not within the grasp of people and they're starting to lose faith in Democrats. And meanwhile, Donald Trump, who's kind of under the lawfare attack, you know, warfare using the law, is still traveling the country campaigning. And we are now, what, five and a half weeks away from the Iowa caucuses? Donald Trump in Iowa this week laying out some of the problems with Joe Biden. We were respected. We were everything that a country could be at a level that this country has never been before. It was just three years ago. Now they laugh at us. Now they laugh at us. They laugh at a guy can't find his way off his stage. Can't use the stairs for Air Force One. Has to use the children's stairs. I thought the children's stairs was one of the funniest lines. And, and um, President Trump continued to hammer Biden on his corruption. Because the fact is, Americans don't like fascists, we don't like communists, we don't like tyrants, we don't like corrupt politicians like Joe Biden. Without question, this is the worst president, most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, without question. Yep, I don't think there's any question. Now let's hope we get that impeachment inquiry going so we can actually get details. Hunter Biden slated to do a deposition with a House committee behind closed doors, then a public testimony, which will be interesting to see how that lays out. Donald Trump mentioned that this administration is very authoritarian, very dictatorial. And there's one person who seems to think that Donald Trump is the guy who is the dictatorial one. And she was on CBS Face the Nation being interviewed this past weekend and had a couple of kind of crazy things to say. And it just shows you that she truly has the worst case of Trump derangement syndrome of of just about anyone. And it's weird because she's still claiming to be a Republican. 
You say Donald Trump, if he is reelected, it will be the end of the republic. What do you mean? He's told us what he will do. People who say, well, if he's elected, it's not that dangerous because we have all of these checks and balances, don't fully understand the extent to which the Republicans in Congress today have been co-opted. One of the things that we see happening today is a sort of a, a sleepwalking into a dictatorship in the United States. Donald Trump a fascist? I think that he certainly is employing fascist techniques. I think that the, the tools that he's using are tools that we've seen used by authoritarians, fascists, tyrants around the world. You know, the, the, the things that he has said and done in some ways are so outrageous that we have become numb to them. What I believe is the cause of our time is that we not become numb, that we understand the warning signs, that we understand the danger, and that, that we ignore partisan politics to stop him. You could be applying the same things and just putting the name Biden in there. And hopefully people will not become numb to what's happened to them under the Biden administration. They'll pay attention and not be asleep. Because Biden's the one that's putting all these demands on our lives, putting all these rules and regulations into play. No gas stoves. You won't be able to choose the car you want to drive because they want to play around with this climate scheme. It's a scam, too. I almost said that. Uh, but let's, uh, let's not leave Liz Cheney just yet. Still on Face the Nation talking about how she really doesn't want the GOP to retain control of the House. I know. How can you claim to be a Republican but not want the GOP to retain control of the House of Representatives? What happens if Mike Johnson's the speaker on the 6th of January, 2025? He can't be. You know, we're facing a situation with respect to the 2024 election uh, where it's an existential crisis. And we have to ensure that we don't have a situation where an election that might be thrown into the House of Representatives is overseen by a Republican majority. So you would prefer a Democratic majority? I, uh, I believe very strongly in those principles and ideals that have defined the Republican Party. But the Republican Party of today has made a choice, and they haven't chosen the Constitution. And so I do think it's, uh, it presents a threat if the Republicans are in the majority. The Republicans are a threat in Liz Cheney's mind. Just drink that in. Marinate in that. The Republicans in the majority are a threat, according to Liz Cheney. It is crazy. I think the only, the only person in the GOP who supports that is Adam Kinzinger. The two of them shamed. And by the way, all of the deposition tapes from the January 6th special committee, they've uh, been erased, deleted. So we can't hear any of the stuff that we paid for. Those people should be fined, locked up, if you ask me. It's absolutely terrifying what they've done. All right, I have to take off today because I have something else going on. So a short podcast today. We'll do another one tomorrow. Before I get out of here, I want to give you a little bit from Roseanne Barr, who sat down with Bill Maher to give Bill Maher a little talking to. I think Bill Maher thought it was going to go the other direction. 
But let me close with Roseanne Barr's fabulous lesson for Bill Maher. I love you, and I want to bring everybody together to see they're getting screwed and robbed. That's right. Screwed and robbed. That's what's happening. Roseanne gets it. You should follow what she's up to. She's a great follow on Twitter slash X, and you can see her extended conversations. She even had a great conversation with with Tucker Carlson, where Tucker Carlson said, if it's Trump, he's voting for Trump. Very interesting. All right. More tomorrow. Tuesday, December 5th. You have to be here. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo.